0: I always thought it it was really cool that it was right next to Cheney Stadium and you could watch baseball games from from, from the hill. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Well, welcome back to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Uh, my guest today is Sydney Wayne, or maybe Sydney Woodruff, or maybe Sydney Wayne Woodruff. But we're just going to say, Sydney, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so for having me. Scott. You were introduced to me through a past guest, uh, Linda Zofie. And yes. And you, I don't know that I've ever seen. I might have seen one of your bands perform, but let's just go that I didn't, because that's probably mm-hmm. more likely. Yes. So why don't you introduce yourself? And in, we'll start with your music first, and then we'll we'll move or move around. But um yeah. yeah, let's talk music.
1: Yes, I. Uh, yeah, let's talk music. Um, born and raised in Tacoma. Um, very proud of that fact, and, and that's really where my whole music thing started. I was a uh, uh, sang in the choir as a kid and played drums in, in the church choir, um, and from there I ended up moving to Alaska and just got into music. Worked in television, and all the while I always was in a band or writing music. And um, moved back down here in '89. Fast forward, and, and a couple years after that was um, learned of Linda Zofi, the 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 legend. And um, we, our, our first contact with her, we were just scared out of our gourd to contact her um, because she had such a, a reputation as just being about her business. And um, I remember sitting in the living room, we were like, fuck, because we were late. And, you know, She was, she's very, you got to get your stuff in for those festivals or it's done. And we were like a <laughs> day late. And I, we were like, God, man, we got to call them. We've never talked to her. And just the sweetest kindest woman and that really was the beginning of of really the, she being one of my dearest friends um so that's how i met linda and she would book us for the uh the, you know, my bands for the by to seattle and ended up ending doing a ton of corporate bookings for for my bands okay. over the years and um yeah so it, that, that's that's my my linda thing and the music and well you, um,
0: you went to of, was I'm, I'm sorry, guys, high school you went to Foss, yes, okay. sir. So, no, I didn't go to Foss. Did you? I went to Franklin Pierce. Um, yeah, I know, me too. i I can only only hold my parents accountable for my attending at Franklin Pierce because we lived there. I didn't have.
1: Well, I want to tell you something. I, I wish I had to went to Franklin Pierce. <laughs> It was, it was a, Foss was a, it was a crazy time, but it was my high school days. And man, I, I there's some great people. Yeah, I, there, sorry, my thing
0: gosh. about Foss, I know very little about the school. I always, but here's the connection that I have no. for Foss High School. I always thought it that it was really cool that it was right next to Cheney Stadium and you could watch baseball games from the, from, from the Hill. That was, that's all I thought about a Foss High School, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that was, that was, yeah it's like you could throw a rock from that hill and it'll land and you know outfield but yeah that wasn't far from my house either i live like six blocks away from i'm a
0: i still am a a big baseball fan and um i remember without you know without really sidetracking our conversation but so many interesting and amazing baseball players have gone through Tacoma at some point in their, in their, in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, Tacoma has a, an amazing baseball history going back into the 1800s. Um, oh, yeah.
1: But anyway, we're here to yeah. talk
0: about you and music and, and other things.
1: Um, no, on, on. Let, 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 me, let, let me get, let me dovetail off of that. So you're right. A lot of them have come through and I, as a kid, I um, won Cub Scout of the year and I was given a years, a season pass to uh, Cheney stadium. Okay. So I go to any game I wanted to. So I was constantly going back and forth and I met oh, cool. Ricky Henderson when I was like 17. He must've been maybe 18 yeah. or 17, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of greats came to that. No, I mean, stadium. you're, you're so absolutely again. correct. I
0: mean, you, you can't see, I've got my, you know, you can't see behind me cause it's off camera, but I have two in my office here. I have two of the original uh, box seats from Cheney stadium uh, that were actually oh, man. so cheney stadium was built very quickly and they recycled parts from seal stadium out of san francisco to okay and so these stadium mm-hmm. these seats came mm-hmm. from seal stadium before they made it to cheney so they're those no these foldable aren't foldable seats. these are are, right yeah straight they're straight wood ones sl- green slats well they're green yeah yeah, yeah i've got two of those i've got. um I actually have um, a Tacoma Tigers jersey from the 40s. I have autographed baseballs from the 40s through the 60s. Um, Yeah, I can go really, we could just totally steal this conversation and be all about Tacoma baseball. (laughs) But when you think about it, I mean, (sighs) Griffey played there, A-Rod played there, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, Ricky Henderson, Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Juan Marichal, Gaylord Perry, um, I mean, on and on and on and on. Have played in Tacoma through yeah, through the yeah. decades. It's just, it's a great Tacoma should be. I th- in my opinion, Tacoma should be more proud of that facility than it is.
1: Yeah, I think that. Well, I think there's a lot of that that Tacoma yeah. should be really proud of. But unfortunately, you know, the way the cards have been yeah. dealt, they just. Been- <laughs> But but you know it's 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 rebounding. It certainly isn't the, the norm that I me, in. Yeah. Um, so
0: did you when you won yeah, Cub Scout of, like, of the Year? Did you do the the soapbox
1: races? Of course, yeah, right over there by all the right yeah. over, right over by Foss. Yeah, that big long okay, hilliest cool. Yeah, all right.
0: So now yeah. that we've covered your childhood and yeah. you've gone up to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you your bands, which you haven't named any of the bands yet. You met Linda. You were late. What was the first year yeah, that you yeah. performed at the Byte of Seattle?
1: Well, the first year I performed at the Byte of Seattle was probably 1990. Two-ish? Okay. Two-ish. Okay. Night, three-ish, right. yeah. The first time I performed performed with a group outside of, you know, my bands in high school, a formed group, with a rap group, um, the Series 4 out of Tacoma. And that was probably, we were doing that since... 81, 82, really? Okay, So, yeah, yeah. One of the first down
0: there. Because, um, I yeah. mean, Tacoma's today, Tacoma's, um, hip-hop rap scene's pretty darn strong. Um, is my
1: understanding. Yeah. Well, I, it is. I'm not part of it, but that's right. what I hear. <laughs> and,
0: um, well, no, no, it's just I've had some really interesting, um, I have, I have other friends in the music industry, and they're, they're you know, they're saying, hey, have you heard of this person? I'm like, no. And they go, have you heard of this person? No. And then this person's just going national. I'm like, Oh, um, and they're all coming yeah. from Pierce County. Not, and I think, I think, oh, wow. just because King County is so much bigger, I would think Seattle, King County, but I'm wrong as I'm learning. I am all yeah. the time. Uh, so <laughs> what, what band did you perform? Uh, what was, what were some of the names of the bands in the Seattle area that you were part of?
1: Um Modern Air Society, Housequake, Two Thousand okay. Degrees, Seven Deep, Um The Tory Two Five Three. I like that. I like that. that
0: that's um, good,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that was, I that I named like that. that one actually. But yeah, so um those are the bands I was in, I were I was in and you know, um Modern Air Society was right there for that first resurgence of resurgence mm-hmm. of live disco. Um and uh, we weathered that and, you know, we're there through uh, what, what I think was the, the last golden era of, of live music here in, in our in our area, because you could you could play from Everett all the way down to friggin Lakewood and then do corporate shows during the, the winter. man, and, and it was great. But the, those days have, well, have long gone. I so
0: I always have these stock questions I, I ask people. But and so normally I ask them a little later, but just because you just kind of threw out this Everett to Lakewood um, which with traffic nowadays might take you all week to go from Everett to Lakewood. Um, well, if you're doing a <laughs> 2 p.m. show. Yeah. But what <laughs> were some of the venues that you guys were playing back then?
1: Ooh, um, Doc Maynard's, um, Phoenix yeah. underground. Um, uh, they were doing Leslie's. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Baxter's North, uh, the shark club yeah. in Kirkland. Um, yeah, we 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 ran through those. Oh places. my gosh! Yeah.
0: <laughs> is, half the fun of doing this for me is you know asking this and they go, "Oh yeah, I forgot about the Shark Club or 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 Leslie's." That's yeah. the one that just made me smirk right there. I was like, "Leslie's, okay." Yeah, back then you could actually make a living as a live musician in the in the area. I mean, you know, well, more so
1: more so certainly than right, you, you, right. you can now. Um, you know the it's all, it's so cyclical and you know, this is just not the time. Well, for so many reasons, this isn't a time Mm -hmm. for live music really. And with everything shifting so much to shifting for, for COVID one, but then shifting to this generation, they're, they're doing their, their DJ thing, you know, and they're making different iterations. And, um, the, the casinos have taken over and, and, and they pay what they want. You Mm -hmm. kind of, you gotta take it or leave it. So, um, you know, we were we, back in the day, man. You could, you could play Doc Manners and you know walk out of there with two hundred twenty-five bucks a person, that was, and that was good. If you're playing yeah, Frank You know. Um, so, so since so, since yeah.
0: the names of your bands that you referenced kind of ring a bell, and but they're not like mm-hmm. they, they didn't ring it strong enough. That they go, oh yeah. So, but what Linda yeah. was saying was that, and I hope she was telling me the truth because I'm going to look pretty foolish here if she, if she lied to me and set me up. Yeah, Um, we've got to find out. Your your bands were fairly (laughs) heavily choreographed.
1: Yes, especially Seven Deep. Yeah.
0: So, how let's just let's go with Seven Deep. How how many people were in Mm -hmm. that band? Seven. I should should have guessed. I should have guessed. Crazy, right? The way it worked. Okay, so yeah. Nowadays, you know, feeding seven musicians, yeah, that pie gets sliced up pretty thin. Um, But what was it like having? you know, that's a, that's a pretty good sized ensemble.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, 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 you know, you could, you could do that then. And w- the purpose of 7D was we had all of my bands prior had had, you know, um, we, the front, what we call the front line, your performers up front had always had a, had a female in it. We wanted to do something. We mm-hmm. wanted to do an all male thing. And um, it took off crazy. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a lot of people, but we, but you could do that thing. You could go to shoot and, and do a five thousand dollar weekend, and, and it, you know it was you were good, and you go do your little little club venues once or twice mm-hmm. a month if you wanted to. But that, that money's dried up, and um and you know to put that type of effort that we did to produce that kind of show, I'm not sure a lot a lot of cats really have the time or or, or desire to do it anymore. It's it's a lot of work, and I, I think back about the ensemble. You know, just the, how the band would practice and the singers would practice. We'd have sectionals and come back together, and it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of dedication, and I, I just fizzled out near the end. So. Well,
0: I mean, even so, I mean, like a, a practice space for a band with seven seven musicians needs to be larger than somebody's single car garage in in Ravenna. So yeah, right, um, and so you have <laughs> you you just you've multipl- to my to my layman's way of thinking, you've multiplied the um overhead and, and not just mouths to feed but where are you practicing um, you need you need a, a very yeah. a, a different space than you do if, if you're a trio um, and all of that so mm-hmm. I, I think it was interesting you said you broke out into sectionals so you that's that's kind of an interesting concept because I enjoy music and I wouldn't think that I I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought that the band would have Broke up into sectionals and then come back together. I would have thought you'd just perform. We practiced all together all the time, so um, you almost you almost handled it more like yeah. a, like a symphony or a, you know an orchestra does. Um.
1: Yeah, you know the the band, you know our, our keyboard guy Terry, um, would you know we would he would mm-hmm. give us the tracks. So instead of having to stop every five minutes to go over the bass player's part or whatever, we would do sectionals for new new stuff. We would go the vocalists would go over vocals, harmony and choreography, the band would do all their stuff and we would come back together to, to, to you know, for example, to, to practice a, a three P a three-song chain, a thirteen minute chain that we were working mm-hmm. on, or something like that. Yeah.
0: So are you gonna debunk my my mythical view that your show or musicians' shows are scripted? Cause I've always this is I've seen a lot of bands through the years perform, right? And I've never now I have this this misguided view because uh, I, when I think about it, I realize how misguided it is, and that is, I always, I always. Oh, so I saw um, uh, John Mellencamp, um, in twenty, mm-hmm. right before COVID. Great show. Musicians were mm-hmm. top notch. I mean, technically amazing, right? Technically amazing, and. It was good. Never seen him before. wanted to see him. It was good. It was good. Well, then I watched a DVD of one of his shows that are you know probably on Netflix or somewhere. and it was the exact same show, exact same jokes, mm-hmm. exact same cigarette breaks. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there was nothing <laughs> spontaneous about it. and right, right. Now I understand that you're singing the lyrics to a song and those, you don't make up the lyrics every, every night. So you're going to be singing the same words. You're going to be singing the right. same notes, but somehow
1: mm-hmm. I've had
0: this fantasy that live musicians are not practicing a 13 minute three set chain. <laughs> and so, and now <laughs> and now you're crushing my well, world, I mean, man. I mean, no, but it's, so I, would
1: well if you hire, if you hire a new guitar player the guitar player has to learn sure. the parts at one point right so there you have to you have to if at the minimum put together a setlist in setlist in order of songs and what you are provided today that we were not provided maybe 25 years ago was the ability to see the show we did we saw last night and also the one three nights before where you can see it's the same fucking order I'm sorry here that this comes it's all right it's, it's you know, it's, it's the same show, you know, and if you're out there touring and into the same thing for us, we got 35 songs. We can mix those and put them in any order we want to. But once you get the show set, we don't got time to go back and recreate the show in the middle of a tour or in the middle of a. So how so, do you, you know then, I mean? So
0: how do you keep it from being just a robotic? And maybe it is, maybe it feels like after, you know, 30, you know, after three weeks of doing the same, same set list, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I'm ready for a change. But how do you bring energy and perceived spontaneity to the audience?
1: Um, well, I, I think for us, when I was in 7 Deep, it, it's one having um, a, a group of musicians, a band that had a extremely wide and tall um, repertoire and knowledge of so m- many different types of music that we could end a song and continue a groove and turn it into something okay. completely different we could switch it up that way um, but for the most part you you have to i mean we we would go back and every set list from every show was safe what worked and what different didn't work at what time at what okay. at what venue let's remove that Let's put new, new, two songs in. We do those two songs. That one didn't really translate. Well, let's see if we can change the tempo. So we're constantly refining it, but not necessarily wiping the, right, the right. entire okay. plates.
0: You know, It's just, it's just interesting when I, because I have friends that are musicians um, before Spotify, I used to say I could play a good stereo. That's about as musical as I can get. Um, now Spotify, I just push the button and let it, let it entertain me. Um, But I've always, so when I think about musical acts that I've enjoyed and that I've seen lots of times, they're obviously playing the same, not the same songs, but the vast majority of the songs are the same. And yet they still can translate that or present it in a, um, not heavily scripted sort of way, but, and, and, and so I'm asking this of you because, um, a your band was, you had moves and in, in in your choreograph. So there's there's a certain amount of um, planning, a lot of planning, I would guess, that went into making sure you didn't mm-hmm. run into somebody inadvertently, or you know, st- step on a mic cord or whatever. Right. Right. And if I go see a play, I know they're saying the same lines at the same with the same. And so it's like it's right. weird that I that I have this this. Um, Thank you. That's expectation a great word. Yeah. Expectation. Of, yeah. But yeah. I also, but I'm asking you because you know, if I feel that way, I got to imagine maybe in some ways as a performer, you might like. oh, This is getting kind of stale. How do we? How do we? How do we energize this?
1: Sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there and there is, of course, certain songs that we just would not do because we had done them for so many years in other bands. You know, we, there's no celebration. What? There's no brick house. What? There's, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, else, what else what else yeah, What else
0: was on the uh, we'll call it the naughty list because we're recording this around the holidays, so it's like, you know what else yeah. was like too too in your world too overplayed?
1: Just any of the you know, it, um obvious kind of top forty dance tracks and you know, celebration and boogie oogie oogie and freaking like um oh man um um something from the 90s um oh september oh my god um september uh earth went and fire rough oh, really? rough rough um yeah and i mean dude my all-time favorite group but we we do, we had done that song for so long it was just like Ugh! at the end of the night but um the crowd always loved it and it, it, yeah but uh yeah those are a few that are on the Please, please don't, do don't ask
0: list. us. Don't come up during set break and go. Please, hey, can you play September? Yeah,
1: we do not want to go yeah. to jail.
0: Tonight, I um, ma'am. one of the best concerts I <laughs> ever saw was Earth, Wind, and Fire at the Seattle Coliseum.
1: Oh my God! I what you I went there? I was I talked about this on my podcast. Out when my sister took me to Earth, Wind, and Fire when I was probably eight or nine, and I walked in with one of those little cassette decks with a cassette <laughs> deck in it. And I recorded part of this concert, and I still have the cassette deck, the cassette cool. tape. Yeah, that's, well, I was a little copyright infringement, a little what? bastard back then. But, I mean, yeah, and I got the my favorite part. That's This is what inspired me to play saxophone, was Andrew Woolfolk of um, Earth, Wind and & Fire. And I, in this particular, I made sure I captured his solo on, part of his solo on Reasons. And I have that on tape, dude, from like 1970 that's Six cool crazy shit.
0: that's not i mean yeah, I, I gotta yeah. believe and i believe musicians should get paid i'm not trying to say piracy is cool that's not what i'm trying to say but i gotta believe that <laughs> a little kid on a portable cassette player let's let's be real it's not it's not like you got it off the soundboard um and I never, I mean, you never—I maybe did. Maybe that's the next chapter of this interview. Is like, so how many copies did you sell? No, you probably—you never sold—you so you never sold them. You—I yeah.
1: yeah. I sold nothing, man. And you know, it was interesting. Is they—they they absolutely are one of my all-time favorite groups, and I had the pleasure, with the help, of course, from Linda Zofia of being able to work with them. And it was just like. uh it was just again one of those surreal moments for me and um because they meant so much Uh to me as a kid um um, they were kind of my escape from some of the shit i was dealing with as a kid and to to stand there and 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 speak with verdian white and run to find uh, philip bailey find him you know something, you know, his tea and his ginger was an absolute honor for me, you know, um, and I worked wardrobe for Verdine, and I'll never forget, he, 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 he came back um, between, uh, he was going to do a change, and I, I don't know if you've ever seen him, he, he has these um, pants that are very long fringe mm-hmm. pants, and they're uh, leme and very earth, wind and fire, and he, he came back, and I was like, you know, what do you need to pull, and he came back, and he, he, he was coming through, and he, took his pants off and he kind of threw them at me. He's like, oh my God, I, I'm I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. I'm just I said, no, no problem. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, dude, I, you can throw your sweaty pants at me anytime you want, being White. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've got a picture from from that night. That oh see, shared, that's so. awesome.
0: See yeah. I I saw yeah. them it was 80 or 81, it was the the um let's groove tour. Um oh, okay. And I, you know, in high school September, I, I get I get why you don't want to play it. I do, I do. There, are, you know, there are songs that you're like, yeah, it's great, but I, if we don't play it tonight, we'll be okay. Um, and <laughs> I just remember we were on the floor at the Seattle Coliseum, and there was four of us. We were in college, and we mm-hmm. came over um, to Seattle for the show. And it was like the circus was in town. I mean, it was. I had no idea um, because back then you didn't have like YouTube to like get an idea of what you're going to see. And yeah, and I'm grateful for that because they are one of my easily in the top 10. Um, I don't know how far up I could put them on the spot, but you know, in the top 10 hands down and yeah, yeah, just, it was magical. And I, and I don't know why I never saw them again.
1: that is perfect, magical. And if I can go back to, so the one memory that I have as a kid at that particular show and how my entire little mind was blown was the show started and no one's on stage and these cylinders come down from the uh-huh. ceiling, right? And they fill with smoke and then they come up and, they, and they're all there and it was like, I, I was like, it was like magic to me. And then Verdeen White levitated playing his bass. They all climbed into this chrome pyramid that was lifted up into the air and the sides were blown off. And it was just and then at that. It was just crazy shit. I think Doug Henning was doing all the, the, the uh He he was the illusions for them. It was Uh-oh. the craziest shit I had ever seen as a yeah, kid. So
0: I know, and that's yeah. just they're the show in 80 or let's just say it was 80 might be 81 you know fact checkers can can get after me but it was not quite to that degree of of theatrics but pretty darn close and it was and they sounded great and that's and that's the thing that got me is that when a band can perform a concert and not sound just like the record but still Mm -hmm. sound great um they they pulled that off just they were amazing yeah
1: it's just amazing so that was
0: that was an early influence for you and then we were talking about songs you didn't want to play um you know there was this 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 little album that you know was called purple rain that i think one or two of us have heard about um was there anything ever off of that that you you didn't did you guys ever perform anything off of that and did you get tired of it or is it is it wrong um, of me to think that one could get tired of Prince?
1: Well, we we did Let's Go Crazy. We did we did an iteration of DMSR. Oh, yeah, uh, way yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. We did a, I think we did, we did a, a Lady Cab Driver okay. segue. Um, but we but we from the camp we also did Jungle Love, which was a big like third set right. closer for us. Um, right the time and that might be a good time to segue um but <laughs> but yeah we we did the time stuff and um we, we tried to sneak in as as, as many um b-side right. uh, you know um little drops as we could but we, we didn't do a lot we did kiss yeah. consistently uh-huh. for a long time um but yeah, i want to be your
0: little- i remember a friend of mine in high school said you need to listen to this take this album home and listen to it and it was Mm -hmm. dirty mind and (laughs) i'm not sure what my mom thought
1: (laughs) i'm I'm not sure i
0: played it loud enough that my mom really could think much of anything and i was just yeah i i actually a lot to take take in in. it was 1999 was a great album um purple rain was so I got my first CD player when I was in college. I bought 3 CDs mm-hmm. that day. You can guess that one of them would have been Purple Rain just because we're kind of talking about that. But mm-hmm. here's the here's mm-hmm. the eclectic mix that I brought home those 3 CDs. So I brought home Princess Purple Rain on CD, Pink Floyd's mm-hmm. Dark Side of the Moon on CD, and Donald Fagen's nice. The Night Fly. Oh which yeah, is man. Probably one of my favorite, nice. you know, albums of yeah. That's good and stuff so, right there. you know, and yeah. my roommate probably yeah. was looking at me like, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Where I was are like, going with at. this? But, but, but that was the first <laughs> three CD. In fact, they still have the originals of, of those that I bought. They're set aside in the collection to, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Why, as we, as we grind our gears here, because that's, you know, the way we shift here. We don't, we don't use the clutch too often. We just like force it into third. You're now doing – well, you were doing art when you are a musician, so I don't mean to say you're doing art now and you weren't doing art before, but you've switched
1: genres. Yeah. You know, I've been a DJ oh, right. for quite some yeah. time during okay. all this yeah. as well. Um, but I was a graphic designer. I've been a graphic designer for, gosh, 25-plus years okay. um, and and didn't start um, working on Canvas until really 2019. Oh. Um, which a lot of people are surprised by. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it has, yeah, it's just really um, it's really changed me. something something changed in my in my in my chemistry, I think, in my brain, and and I broke through something, and you know the the genesis of it all was really coming out of what I thought was. I was having a nervous breakdown or, you know, my boss had sent me home from work I was having these heart palpitations. And I was just going through a lot of really deep personal stuff and found myself, um, in, on YouTube, as we sometimes just do in these spirals where I was watching these acrylic pour Uh videos, right? Something to get this off of my mind. I went and got all this stuff for acrylic pouring and got it home. I was like, this is a mess um, I'm not sure I can, I could do this every day. And I, so I, the one thing I did, I took a spatula cause I had nothing to do it with and kind of moved the stuff around and took a picture of it and put it online. And people are like, "What? Oh my God. And i was like, what? I like, right, we didn't know you paint?" I said, I, I, I don't. And people just kept encouraging me and it just turned into this completely different life and business for me. And, I, and I'm so grateful for it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it.
0: Okay, so, so I, I awkwardly shifted gears because I overlooked the DJ thing. So we're going to put a pin in the the in the the in painting, <laughs> and let's go back. Okay, so DJing. Yes. Tell me uh, what it's like for you, the good and the mm. not good, because everything's got good and not good, you know. Um,
1: I started. Um, I started DJing when I was in the 8th or 9th grade. Earth, London, Far- did you play uh, that Earth Wind & Fire Uh, Sir, I think you know I did. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have made it out of a junior high dance without it. Um, so, you no, know, I started DJing with one of my dear friends, uh, Ted Seeds. Like, Ted, how you doing out there? And we would, they would give us... It's so funny. It's like they would give... Four, like four of us go to Tower Records with somebody from right? the school, Right. And there's two black kids and like two white kids (laughs) and, you know, the white kids brought back like Van Halen and and really dope shit. Right. But back then we're like, we want to hear whatever. It's not that. But, um, so we had to play all of that. And I'm so glad that at such a young age, I had such an eclectic kind of broad way of looking at DJing and I, and I've always done that, even though I DJ Mm -hmm. house music, um, it's, it's, it's always kind of rooted in the, the, um, the cornerstone the, ba- the basics of house classic house music, R and B. And I love that what I, and I've been a DJ for quite some time in Seattle and, you know, it's, it's, I've seen it through several, you know, iterations, especially over the past five or six years. And, you know, it's not what it used to be. And, um, I think that, you know, with we'll transition here in a second, but with our new space, really what we're trying to do is we, we need better representation um, in this genre that is created by, you know, queer and, and, and Black folks, and, and it's not happening. So, you know, we're looking forward to providing a safe space in, in our new um, venture with my partner, Scott, um, that provides visibility for, for everybody in a fair and equitable way.
0: First off, I'm going to ask you a question and and admit that, you know, I, I don't know that I have a clear definition in my head of what house music could be defined as. Can -hmm. you help me with that?
1: Well, um, house music is, is sometimes confused with what folks call EDM and and house music is not that. Um, the, the The roots of house music were based on okay. R&B. Um, out of R&B came disco and out of disco came okay. house. Um, right. You know what I mean? So if, if you, if you, gosh, well, what was a four on the floor kind of R&B track? Like anything, some of that old TSOP, Teddy mm-hmm. Pendergrass stuff, that's, that's, that's okay. easily house, okay. you know? Um, so typically if, if you, Well, you know what? I'll send you some stuff after this, but there's a real distinction. Um, EDM is more what it was and what we try to stay away from is the more commercial side of electronic music. House music is about the underground. Yeah, so. Thank you. Okay, for
0: you. You're you're helping me, you know, you know, get some some clarity. Yeah. So you mentioned a new project. Can you, can I pull that more out of you? Can you expand? Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I am um, really excited about a project that um, my business partner, C. Scott Smith, and I are, are embarking on here, which is a new club venue in the Soto okay. area of uh, Seattle. And uh, it's called Tyler Street Gardens. And um, it, it's just, it's kind of a time stamp for Scott and I, for that time in our life between like 75 and 80 something. And um, it's also kind of a matriarchal kind of a, nod to my upbringing my my musical beginnings i lived on tyler street as a kid and the garden the river the reference to the gardens is about my mom's gardens and the roses that she tended to and that's really prevalent in all of our branding okay. so far so it's a it's a it's a really interesting it's a story of you know of inclusion and um um really again the 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 return to kind of house music as it was meant to be and how it should be respected by the folks and the ancestors that 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 presented us and and blessed us with with that genre so we're just trying to lead with community first because we think that the community piece and the culture piece has been stripped out of it so we said in some of our quotes in our promo that we could talk about lights and this incredible interior that we're going to have but first we need to make it really clear that we're about diversity and inclusion from the back office to the front door. So we, we really are going to okay. stand by that.
0: I love that. I think that's, it's, it's important. It's needed. Um, and it's un- regretfully probably not all that common.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, uh it's something else out there, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, we're, we're hopeful. we're
0: hopeful. When are you hoping to launch this?
1: Gosh, we're, we're at least, 16 to 20 some odd months out i mean just from the, the permitting alone <laughs> is going to be, no. you know you know nine minutes um but we are uh we're we're happy to say that we have we're bringing steve lieberman in who is SJ lighting who's big and you know done a ton of stuff in ibiza and, and did q um we are we're fingers crossed we're going to be working with mr important for our interior design and have some beautiful uh cops so far that that we're excited about so we you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the the sound system in time, but um, we're we we have some really exciting employee based um, programs and things that we that we really need to get on paper and solidified and approved before we start talking about the Voyage system, which is going to be there.
0: And, so. and and I I want to ask you a question, and I, and I understand that you may not want to answer this question.
1: Mm-hmm. City of Seattle is a joy
0: to work with, right?
1: It's a it's a true it's a pleasure it's a joy. <laughs> I was just I was just texting with the with the buddy, and we're like, oh man, the city of Seattle is just really hard on business just making. And then you know because of COVID, you know everything's backed up. So they're saying you know eight to ten months. It, it could be longer than that. But I just it's- I don't know enough to be dangerous. I just I'm just so shocked that it takes so long to to move a project.
0: It's not just the city of seattle it's prevalent statewide where permitting mm-hmm. whether it be um for a new building um a, a short platting a piece of dirt i no i well, no here's one so my my day job you know so i'm a real estate broker okay so oh, so okay. i deal with this so down in thurston county there is an endangered species of gopher. And I think okay. of candy Shack. That's just my brain. You know, that's just where the, you know, blowing up the little gopher and yeah. you have to have a gopher study in certain areas of the County. If you're going to <laughs> dig into the dirt, huh. I have been waiting 90 days for a gopher study. That was, it was already done. It was already done. We're waiting on the acknowledgement and the approval and it's 90 days. And I'm not saying this to be like some cranky guy, but it's just the permitting process throughout our area is really complex and it's disheartening to me because here you are trying to be a business owner, trying to open up a new venue in, in, in a community where, and I'm not trying to say this about Seattle. I'm just saying in a community, right. You could be doing this in Tacoma or Olympia. I don't care. Um, And it's, it's already hard enough as it is. And now you're trying to navigate something and it's hard to get good instruction of how to do it.
1: It's It's hard. You know, luckily, yeah, it is. And, you know, Scott has, has built oh, several clubs good. over you know, 20 some odd years and some classic clubs that you'll probably remember in New York. And you should probably talk to him, too. He's a riot. But, yeah, it's the the, the build, you know, we're, we're forecast at the estimation is probably 69 wow. months for us. If, if, if we could get permitting Monday, we would let everybody know where our chosen location is and right. get to it. Um, but we can't you know so and people you start talk, we start talking we we don't want to start talking about the the venue um six months from now we, we're ready now mm-hmm. we're ready to start you know uh, sharing our 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 mission but right you're stuck you, you're, you're stuck and um people think that it's well where is it is when it, when is it open it's like, well <laughs> can you do you have any permitting you know they they can, they can push it but yeah it's, it's, it's challenging and, and, and so it's, far yeah but, it
0: is and it's it's unfortunate because communities need responsible um business owners, responsible development. I'm not saying that they should just green light every project and just let us, you know. I think Houston uh doesn't have zoning. So you can have a, a 50 story condo next to a garbage dump if you choose to do so. And it just doesn't, you know, I don't think I don't think randomness like that should be encouraged. Yeah, but sure, I sure. think We would all benefit by allowing um, venues a little more streamlined process, Um, because you know funding it costs money every month that you're not open you're you're burning bankroll. Um, You got a runway here, and if you take a a detour, you might not even be able to get off the ground because you ran out of you know all those things. And, no, you're
1: right. You're right. It, it, it's very, it would be very easy for us to get eight, nine months in and go. I mean, and that's why we're not saying we're going to be at this location because, you know, I'm not going to pay rent for a year hoping that these permits go through. Right. I, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, they don't make it easy. No. That, so,
0: sure. well, I'm excited. That's actually um, the, the, the concept that you're, you're, you're sharing here sounds interesting and um, sounds like it might Thank be you. a lot of fun. Exactly. And I think, I think all, I think all communities, we need better inclusion and we don't, we seem to struggle with that sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if, you know, I think what we're dealing with here in Seattle is just, you know, 35 years of unchecked um, privilege, lack of accountability and entitlement. And uh, we have to address it before we can change it. You know, nobody's mad. It's just, this shouldn't be a hard task simply hire black djs it's it's i don't know why that's so difficult in seattle um the argument is made that well there's there's not enough black people in seattle i didn't know we needed the whole entire black population to play one (laughs) night but you know all we need you know so you're dealing with that kind of stuff but again i think we are hopeful and i hope that i can and scott and the people that we're choosing to surround ourselves with are Understand the, the assignment and that it's, this is coming from a place of love and, and trying to make a safe place for those who are marginalized and feel they have nowhere to go right now, so that's, we're looking that's forward awesome. to it. Yeah, um, uh, well, what do we say so about
0: We're gonna go back to your art, but d- let's go to DJing for just a second. Um, let's go back to DJing, you're <laughs> DJing. Um, okay, what and I'll just ask, I'll frame it in this so. What's the worst request that somebody can walk up to you and say, Hey, can you play? And you know, the, what, you know, what are there, are there frequent offenders of songs that shouldn't be played that are always asked for? How's that?
1: You, you typically the simply by asking, requesting anything. Okay. Is a file. All right. There's, yeah, we don't, we don't need any help. Okay. Up there, so All right. yeah, this, It's not a top 40 thing this isn't a bridal shower you you can can get on with that so (laughs)
0: you you, as the dj are the entertainment allow allow you to do your art
1: oh yeah I, i think it's a sentiment that's kind of shared with most djs that are probably wedding djs we 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 were placed here for a reason um you don't walk up to a fireman and tell them where to the latest you know the uh, faucet is so we don't we don't need to hear that you'd like to hear taylor dane ma'am it's we're good thank you or taylor i'm (laughs) sorry next
0: move on thank you
1: okay (laughs) i love it you know i was thinking about this interview because i was thinking about the people i've met and that i i was thinking about taylor dane because we did a show with them and it was very weird with taylor dane and her yeah no let's go go let's go just go it it, it was just it, it was no, first and foremost, Taylor Dan can sing the house absolutely down. And but it, 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 you remember, she had a boyfriend that was really problematic. And I, and I, if I remember correctly, ended up being getting arrested, I believe, for a level of domestic violence. And we totally saw okay. that that night. It was really awkward, um, and um, and completely unnecessary the, the way that they were acting. He was acting, but if, that was just a side side story from the the other the Morris Day thing I was thinking about like how am I going to tell that story should I tell that story (laughs) Uh,
0: my I never saw the time and I would have liked I would have liked to because I I thought they were kind of fun Mm, 10 years ago 10 to 15 years ago Uh, point defiance you know the the you know when they have the holiday lights through the point defiance you know yeah. And they always had, they were having a big fundraiser one night there during, during the light, the light I can't remember mm-hmm. what the lights are called. And I was, um, my side hustle, I guess that's the, uh, was, I was, a, I was a limo driver. Oh, okay. And so the, the limo company I was working for, you know, had a bunch of people go into this fundraiser. And, um, you know, my job was to take a car full of, you know, festive people to, to a party mm-hmm. and then wait around for them and pick them back up and hope they don't throw up in the car and take them home. <laughs> and Morris Day in the Time was the band. Zoo It was Zoo oh. I knew I was. Morris Day in the wow. Time was the band. And so. Yeah, all of us, the drivers, you know, we have to sit around and wait for like three or four hours, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so I got to listen to Morris Day and the Time bleed over from where whatever stage they were playing on up, up the hill mm-hmm. to where I was at, and I'll be honest with you, it
1: sounded mm-hmm. horrible. Now, I, I, it just didn't. It just yeah, didn't. It yeah. just. And I'm not. No, I want to know. Did, did it was the sound horrible or was the performance horrible? You know, well both i wasn't I wasn't in a good seat,
0: so I can't really say that the sound system was bad. I can tell you that, as it was carrying up the field to where I was sitting with mm-hmm. the car, it mm-hmm. was not optimal. It was not mm-hmm. designed for us, you know, to listen to it okay. Okay. and and I really couldn't see them mm-hmm. but
1: but you know it was horrible. I just felt like they hot. were I mean, mailing we it do? in. Yeah. You know, the one thing that we always found surprising about them is how slow they did all their songs. Um, you know, the bird is, I swear to God, got to be 128, mm-hmm. 132. You know, and those guys were doing the bird, I swear to God, at like 113. It, it was like a funeral dirge. And, <laughs> you know, we we had opened up for them several times. And, the, and the, uh, so we... And I, and I I become acquainted with Jerome because Jerome was good friends with one of the girls I went to okay. high school with. So Jerome would come through and I would actually, what's up Jerome? I knew Jerome, right? Um, it was what made the whole situation, the whole situation even that much more bizarre with, with the thing between me and Morris. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. I was like, Dude, are we I still going to talk about that? But yeah, <laughs> let's so, go ahead. <laughs> so, so this was—I I used to work for an entertainment agency. Uh, I used to be a booking agent, and and um, I used to handle a lot of the R&B that played at Moko Shoot, um, and that played at Emerald Queen Casino. And one of the—I the, used to have to be mm-hmm. on at the show, uh, you know. And <clears throat> I've of course been in bands almost all my life, and going on stage and being—that is like whatever. And my boss, Dwayne Rice may me, rest in peace. Um, we were we were at the, the time shows at Mokashu Casino, and I was coming up the back or backs uh, around the back of the stage coming up the stairs, and there was an I believe one an elder there from the, the tribe and Dwayne, I think our our admin Pam was there. And we're standing there watching the time and, and they start, I think it was jungle up, they start bringing girls up on stage. And that's how the 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 elder whispered something to Dwayne, and Dwayne said, Hey, hey man, go, go out there and get those girls off stage. And I was like, I didn't, I was, and I think now, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> and I just, you know, moseyed on out there in the back line. It just must have been, I mean, it was fucking packed, right? And I started kind of gingerly escorting these women off stage, and they, it must have been about three of them, and they all got off stage. And they, so they dropped whatever that was. They were bringing up some of their local dimes from, I don't know, Canadian. Currency converted, but anyway. Um, so get off. So the show ends, and um, I hear something you see Dwayne talking to their guy, their sound guy, and and then he comes over, he's talking to Pam, and he comes over me he says, Man, we gotta have a talk. I'm like, What? He's like, Man, Morris is pissed at you. I'm like, Morris, Morris Day. He said, he says, yeah, man, Morris. Is I like what the fuck is Morris Day pissing? I haven't. Even, he's been on stage for an hour, right? He's like, yeah, we, we got to go over here. And he said, because, you know, you went on stage. I said, like, dude, you told me to go on stage. So we go over there, and it is the entire band, right? Jerome, uh, Jellybean, Monty Mo, Morris. And Morris was looking at me like he wanted to beat every part of my ass. And, and he said, hey, man. <laughs> what the fuck! It was so surreal. He's like, "Hey man, what's what's up with you taking all the girls off stage?" And I was, like, I was like, "This is really happening." It felt like I'm getting yelled at by Morris Day. He's like, "Man, if you ever did some shit like that again, I would, be, I would end like there is like Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on." And I apologize. Long story short, and they, the, we had two nights with him. We to was our next night at, um. The, the place up north oh, Parker's. Okay. We're gonna do the next night at Parker's. And they were like, we do not want that. We do not want him there tomorrow night. He cannot disrupt the show. And they were supposed to talk about it beforehand. And long story short, it was surreal. It was it was it was a moment and I will never forget it. And you know, I ended up actually talking to him probably six months after that because I was trying to book him for something else. And I thought I was calling an agency. I was called Morris Day answered the phone. It was, like, it was so weird dude. it was weird anyway that's my Morris Day story. Um, Morris Day that's, wanted to beat me up it would have been a fight
0: but oh yeah. that's just
1: I got nothing yeah, I got yeah, nothing hung out. yeah you know when I hang out with hung out, we also did a bunch of shows with um, Joan Jet, and she was a okay. sweetheart um, we did two shows um, with Cameo and I'm going to spend time with Larry Blackman in, in, in Miami it was just a really cool time man and those a lot so many of those bands are my, my heroes so yeah, it was, a, it was a well I
0: want to put you on the spot and ask you time. a question because you just said they're your heroes mm-hmm. if you could perform in as a member of a band any band what band would you mm-hmm. want to perform with insert yourself like fantasy football like in, in, in fantasy Ooh.
1: band where are you gonna go oh I love that I love that yeah 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 um, man, I always the only one. We'll start, I, yeah, I gotta
0: hold you. To, I'll, I'll oh, to, to truthful. I'll ask you a couple more, but go ahead. The first one. Let me
1: get my seventies my band that I that I could see myself absolutely. Okay, on. all right,
0: absolutely all candy right All right, yeah. all right. How oh. about eighties? Then we'll go that way. We'll go decades.
1: Ah, uh, oh, man, I really dug what Tony 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 <sighs> did. And yeah, that's top of my, my top of mind, but I'd always loved the writing, okay. um, how they transition to kind of this neo soul. Okay. Kind of, yeah, dug and,
0: and, yeah. And and then what about the 90s? Pussycat dolls?
1: <laughs> no, not Pussycat no, dolls? I is that just what work? I, um, <laughs> This is sometimes um, what I
0: wish that this wasn't just an audio format
1: <laughs> because I was like, huh? <laughs> Gosh, the 90s, man. Um, man, you know, they span, but I would have to drop in. I would have to check out New Edition for a moment. That choreography. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those are some, yeah. I mean, not that there's any bad choices. Those are so I would have thought you would have jumped in and said, I would like to play with Earth, Wind, and Fire, but um, maybe that was too obvious. God,
1: I, I don't know where I would be. It's, it's in Earth, fantasy, Wind, Fire,
0: right? Music League. You can do anything. Okay. That's
1: right. That's right. I don't actually have to perform with them.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm picking Russell Wilson to be my quarterback. I don't know, Russell, but he's going to be my quarterback. Got it. Got it. From a venue standpoint, I do like to ask these questions. So from a venue standpoint, as a performer,
1: good venues. Mm -hmm. Oh man. The sky, sky church. We did some, we did some pretty, we did some pretty cool shows at shoe but they knew our shows so well and had it dialed in. We we were getting a lot of likes, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. people weren't. When I think about one of the most memorable, one of the most memorable shows that I played with the band, when we all walked off stage like, ooh, what the hell, was probably in Ballard at Red Hook Brewery. We We played one of, we played two of their, Annual summer parties or something like that, and man, it, 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 I have never seen a crowd so connected. And So, uh, you know, two thousand people down that entire street just jumping up and down. It oh. was, it was, it was, it was inspiring. I kind of get goosebumps thinking about okay. it. But um, that was a memorable show for sure. And and actually, the first show that Linda booked us for the Buy to Seattle was was pretty was pretty okay. epic too. But. Um, yeah, so Sky Church, beautiful. Um, if 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 you get a chance to play there as a musician, it's well, it's pretty, no it's one pretty will ever experience.
0: let me perform anywhere live, and for that we should all be grateful. Um, as a, huh. as a as an audience member, venue. What what are some yeah. good venues uh, as an audience member?
1: Man, I tell you, do you know you you get a back in the day, Phoenix Underground. Um Chute Casino would be absolutely like a, a concert concert mm-hmm. for real. It was the expectation of the crowd for what we did and how they reacted was just out of this world. And um, that's one thing I really I, I miss the physicality of performing mm-hmm. and singing, uh, and especially with the ensemble. And they the the Chute crowds, when they were on, man, they never not delivered. So always okay. a good show there.
0: You are the first musician in a long time. And for this, I'm happy to not mention the triple
1: door. Yeah. Never played. Everybody.
0: There. This is what everybody says. It's so funny. Cause I am actually, and I said this to somebody I was speaking with the other day, I'm going to go back and listen through all of my conversations with musicians. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. cause I always ask the same, like, where do you like to play? Where's a good venue? And and then flip side is where do you like to see music being performed? And I'm gonna say that 80% of the guests have mentioned the triple door as a venue to play or a venue to be uh, to see music or both. Like the triple door is like the hands down, I think it's eighty percent. I'm gonna go prove or disprove that number. And I'm the fact that you just you've said two different venues, or actually three, that I don't recall anybody saying the Phoenix Underground, no one's guaranteed no one said Red Hook. And the Muckle Shoot, um, I, I like that. I, yeah. and, and not that there's a bad answer. There, there's no. There's. These are just interesting answers.
1: Well, you know, and the, the the gig at the brewery was a one was sure. a one off. That was a they had hired specifically for that event, so that wasn't a reoccurring kind of venue. Venue, but, um, but still. But yeah, I, I will. Yeah, I'll stand by some of those early days. Uh, Oh and no and, and the shark. Let me let me I gotta say the shark in Kirkland, dude. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely that was insane. insane out there. But yeah. you
0: know, I'm shocked no one's ever said the Kingdom. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> well, you actually one of the Housequake, my band, we were was the first band to play on field um in, in the Kingdom. Oh. Um, and that was that was all crazy experience. But yeah, that we, we did you play played in the kingdom and sound it's not. Yeah, it sounded crazy, but we were on. They had us like on the near the twenty or near the end zone, off, way off to the side. And, um, I think the one thing I always take away from that is how how fast those guys are. You, you see them running on TV, but when they're like running past, you it's like, Jesus! I can't imagine getting yeah. hit
0: by that. so but, yeah, um, Some two hundred fifty yeah. pound guy but, who can but, run the forty in you know three three seconds and <laughs> right. can bench press a thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, so yeah, we we played the the kingdom. Okay, Dome.
0: no one so far has played the kingdom,
1: and that is in that's another Linda Zolfi book. Okay, booking.
0: that's okay. Just I gotta ask since you played the kingdom, have you ever done anything at the Tacoma Dome?
1: No, never played Tacoma. Have you
0: Dome. ever seen a show in the Tacoma Dome?
1: I, I've never been to a show. The last time I actively went to the Tacoma Dome was when I applied for a job there when I was seventeen. And that, that didn't turn so out either. My so.
0: advice is, or my suggestion, or however uh, you haven't missed a thing.
1: That's, That's what just, I keep hearing. I've
0: seen a bunch of shows there,
1: and they can do it. well. You know, it, it was a great I, idea. It's just, I just don't think that it's really mm-hmm. suited for contemporary acts
0: anymore. No, I, I,
1: I, about. Sure. and it's moldy, and they got a lot of work to do, but I hope they can restore yeah. it to a degree. So.
0: Now let's let's shift back into art, mm. painting, mm-hmm. graphics.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So to recap what you said earlier, you were you were having a tough go at work. They sent you home, so it was mm-hmm. a, a, a an unpleasant time. I don't know how else to phrase it. Yeah, yeah. and sure. but it brought you to port acrylics. And spatula. (laughs) Sorry. And spatula. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: How is it? How have you evolved to where you're at now?
1: You know, it's just been a a constant um, kind of flow of creativity and energy directed towards creating compositions that I can present. Um, I found myself during the pandemic completely being heads down and seemingly working around the clock to kind of refine what I was doing and figure out how you know these paintings that I was looking at that I was loving were were built in the technique and the is, are they color mixing? Are they using a retardant? How are they did they use gesso? So I, I was it literally came out of the pandemic and people could not believe it because one, they no one knew me as an artist nor did they know nor did they expect i think the the size of the collection and the and and frankly i think the the skill level kind of um my for several i think my sister called me a liar for like 3 months she just did not believe <laughs> that i was producing this work and and honestly there's times even now I, I i i don't understand how i'm i'm doing it um i it, it was never uh, in, in interest, I always was into computer-aided um, mm-hmm. design. Um, <clears throat> and did a bunch of work for for folks and freelance, and worked for companies doing that. Never thought I want to be a fine artist or you know do abstract art. It just I just ended up here, and I'm I'm so grateful for this happening at this time of my life. So.
0: I'm always curious when, when I talk to creative people, no matter, you know, musicians, writers, painters, how do you find yourself being creative? Do you have a, do you have a routine
1: or? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I've found that I'm, I'm most creative, I think in, in the early morning. And I think, and that's probably why i'm having you know such a hard time getting my my sleep schedule back because I'm, I'm typically up at 4 a.m and what, I would, what i would do is get up and i would plan my day i would plan what i was going to paint or do touch up work on some things that were didn't require light and um do that from four to seven and go to work and then after work get off early and then catch afternoon uh light for the actual painting that i was well i was gonna do um i'm most i think i'm most creative in the morning and. Um, have found some rhythm to, to what I'm doing, um, and need to adjust it probably to get more sleep.
0: But, uh, so sleep's um, overrated.
1: I know, I know, yeah. but yeah, so I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's a bit of a method to, to the math. Well, and,
0: and the reason I'm asking um, is you know, I've, I'm of the opinion. I guess that if one waits to be creative, one might be waiting a long time and not be very productive. Um, So sometimes you have to, I, I mean, not even sometimes, I think you have to just like start whatever it is you're in your case, painting, you just start. And more often than not, it will go better than you thought it would 15 minutes earlier.
1: Sometimes it's, it's 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 sometimes it's even hard for me to to get to the point to okay. start. You know what I mean? It's, it's sometimes it's either on or it's off okay. for me. And and usually when it's on, it's it 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 will go for you know I'll put out four pieces in in two weeks, okay. and then it then I kind of I breathe okay. for a minute. You know, I'll go back to you know picking over things I've already done, and you know basically changing things I've already I'm happy with. But you know I. Again, there, there's there's a certain rhythm to it, at least for me. And, you know, I've, I've you asked earlier about the the, the evolution or the, the growth. And, you know, I remember starting out with 12 by 12 canvases and thinking, good, what am I going to put on it? You know, and know, yeah, well, I, I and then there was I jumped at, you know, 24 by 24, or 24 by 36, six. And I I just brought home three canvases yesterday and the largest being 48 by 72. and. You know, it it looks like uh, it's on an easel here, and it looks like a wall. And I think, you know, what the who who do I think I am? You know, but I am so excited about you know throwing paint all over this huge piece of canvas. And I, am again, just really blessed that I have been given you know this really this this God given kind of thing to to be able to share this really joy with people. I, I just. And just get such a, a, a rush out of sharing the art with the folks. So yeah.
0: are you, are you fueled by coffee? Does coffee fuel your energy levels? Are you a coffee fan?
1: Oh yeah. Coffee, coffee and others and and green, green. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, yeah. What is. So coffee.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Where do you go for coffee?
0: Right over here in my kitchen. Uh, you're one of those. Come on. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh. Now, now I'm not one of those. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> here's the thing. You know, I'm a man on a certain budget, and I can't be running down to Miss Starbucks every 10 minutes for a coffee. They have so. credit. You can pay yeah. for
0: that latte over 30 years. Come on.
1: They'll <laughs> <laughs> no extend credit. They'll no extend you you credit. credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, yeah, I, I, am a big coffee drinker, big jazz listener in the morning. Okay. Do a lot of paint, paint right off in the jazz. Okay. Um, need it, need my coffee every day. For so two.
0: you're making coffee at home. You're on, a, mm-hmm. you're on, a, you're on a, your words. You're on a budget. What type of coffee, mm-hmm. what brand of beans are you, what coffee are you, you drinking at home?
1: Um, that that dark roast from uh, Costco. Oh, okay. Um, what is it?
0: The San Francisco blend or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The San the San Francisco <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's my go-to. And I'll, I'll get fancy every once in a while and go over to uh was it, Vita? Yeah.
0: yeah, Cafe Vita.
1: Vita. They have a yeah. They have a a, a new new uh, coffee out over there that I really like. It's kind of a, a dark roast as well. But yeah, for most part, just
0: you okay. know. Some, so I I will. I will tell you that the Costco San Francisco blend is I am not, I I love, I mean, I'll drink coffee at Denny's. Okay. I'll, I'll drink, you know, I'll, I, will i am I love good coffee, but I also will, I I love coffee. So it's, you know, I'll drink diner coffee. I'll go to a gas station and get a 20 ounce styrofoam cup of coffee to drive with. I mean, okay. Mm -hmm. But the, the uh, Costco is a nice solid, um, good for the money bag of coffee beans but if you like dark roast and you, you you want to splurge check out fundamental coffee
1: oh okay
0: fundamental he's is scott scott is the owner and um he it's based in seattle um i'm mm-hmm. not sure where all it's sold at right at the moment i know that mabel uh, mabel cafe up in and mabel's up in ballard has it for sure And, but anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, I also like a good dark roasted coffee and I'm currently really enjoying that. And there's another one that's not quite, that's pretty dark. He, he roasts, he roasts pretty dark. Um, and then there's Mm -hmm. one over here in central Washington called blue star coffee that I, I'm a big fan of their coffees. They're not as dark, but they've got, um, they always turn out a really consistent good cup of just coffee. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah, so nice. I'm teasing you cause I've got my coffee set up. I drink coffee at home most of the time too. Cause like you going to Starbucks or insert any place I was, I was talking yeah. to somebody um, recording an episode earlier and this was after our recording. So I can say this, but during the episode, she discloses that her go-to drink is a lavender latte with hemp milk.
1: And oh, I'm like wow. Ugh.
0: Anyway, and I told her that.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, listen, you, you you totally, I totally jumped off the call when you said that. I was yeah, like. But, uh.
0: but the, the point is, <laughs> it, but this is her thing, and so I was telling her about my experience at the Starbucks roastery and the coffee that I had. I think was like thirteen bucks, and it was a, a siphon pot mm-hmm. of coffee. And she's like, "Well, that's twice as expensive as my latte." And I did the math in my head really quick, and I went, "You're paying six fifty to seven bucks for a latte." Um. Uh, and i'm teasing this is in my brain i'm teasing because i you know go for good for her but i'm like yeah i could buy a half a pound of coffee for that and have coffee for a couple of days right
1: (laughs) exactly but anyway
0: i'm teasing her but lavender lavender latte with hemp milk Yeah. that just doesn't that's not one I'm curious to try. I, I like lavender. I like coffee. Hemp milk is okay. Whatever. Uh, but the combination uh, yeah. doesn't work. I don't need the yeah, merch. I don't need to merge. So as we wind this down, where can people see your yeah. art? Because you sent me a website and I'm afraid to bring it up because it might crash, cra- crash our recording session, but it was a beautiful site. Man. Oh. Beautiful looking site. Thank so you. where can people find out more about you, your art and all those things?
1: Yeah, you can uh, find my art at woodruffguided.com, w o o d r u f f guided.com. Um you can also find us on Facebook under woodruff guided and um you'll be um you'll be mesmerized by jewel tones. Yeah. I don't know. It was it's, beautiful. Not, it's a yeah, beautiful yeah, looking website. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> of, it's visually it's beautiful. Wood, woodruff thank guided. You What's you. the how would you thank come you up, up with that?
1: guided. Um, it Woodruff, the long, the entire name is Woodruff Guided Impressions. And, you know, I just felt from a very, you know, early stage in this whole thing that everything that I was doing was kind of being guided by ancestors or something much bigger than me in the universe to allow me to do this. Okay. So I thought it was appropriate to call it Woodruff ah, Guided. I
0: think it's, great. it's great. It was the question I had, you know, I wrote down. Um, What sh- didn't I ask you that I should have?
1: Um, I think we covered a lot, man. This was a this was a a a really good time. I was really nervous, you know. I spent so many years, you know, interviewing people on podcasts, just beating people up. I was like, oh my god, is this the payback? You were (laughs) awesome. You're great. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, I I am gonna fact check the Morris Day story by calling him because you
1: know. (laughs) Hey, he he will remember. He will remember. I got to believe
0: that that isn't the only time that. The venue said, "Get the people off the stage." I, I just from a an insurance standpoint, or I can't yeah, imagine that I, you are the only person that escorted women off the stage at a,
1: at a time. But you, you know, but you know what? And I know we got to go. But the thing is, is that they, they, we had come to find that this was something. This is part of their show. They do this at every show, where they bring, you know, the the, the gals up on stage and they whatever happens yeah this is part of the, the, the and i
0: can see that but i could also see the venue not necessarily knowing that right yeah
1: and- it well, and, and sometimes that's typically something that an artist during when you're they they call advancing a date that's something that you're talking to them about other people about is there anything we can expect during the show that we should know about oh yeah we bring people up so we can communicate that back okay. to the property but that right happen,
0: so so all right well i appreciate you taking the time uh to to oh, so to much. chat and um keep keep doing your art man and i'm looking forward to hearing more about the venue as the time gets closer um so that you can reveal more um yeah i'll call yeah. the city of seattle see if i can get a rush on those permits please do happy to please do um,
1: and, um, and and thank you so much for for your time and it's, I, I really appreciate it and just really insightful and and I' listened to some of your other podcasts and man, you're really you're really good and 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 again, thank you because you were just oh. funny and respectful and 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 I just can't ex- tell you enough how much I appreciate your time. Thank, so thank you. you. I
0: appreciate man. the kind words and the checks in the mail. Um.
1: I'll be looking, <laughs> sir.